0: Eileen Bjorkman, The Fly Girls Revolt, The Story of the Women Who Kicked Open the Door to Fly in Combat.
1: So what inspired you to join the Air Force?
0: I was, it was uh, 1980, and uh, I'd been out of college about a year at that point. Um, I was just a little bored and looking around for something else to do. The Air Force recruiter was at the University of Washington, which was my alma mater, I decided to go over and talk to them, uh, just just see what it was all about. My dad was in the Air Force, so I was familiar with the Air Force, at, you know. And, and so, um, so I went over and talked with them for a little bit. And the next thing I knew, I was signing all these papers and going over to get my physical, and everything just kind of went from there. And I thought initially, I thought I'm going to go do this for a few years and see how it works out, and and uh, found out I really liked it and wound up making a career out of it.
1: When you first started, what were some of the uh, challenges of being a woman in the military?
0: By the time I came in, most uh, career fields were open to women at that point. The the biggest limitation was that women were by law barred from flying a combat aircraft in combat and from serving on combat ships. And the army by policy didn't allow women into combat units. So so that was uh somewhat limiting for some people's careers. It wasn't really limiting for me because I was not a pilot. I I, I did not have an operational job. I was an engineer, but I certainly saw how it affected women that I knew, women who were pilots. Not all women wanted to fly combat aircraft. It's not like not all men do, but there were women who did want to fly them and were qualified and, and I could see the impact that had on their career. Plus it really isn't fair to commanders uh, who maybe don't necessarily have the best people, if you have a woman who graduates at the top of her class, you know, pilot training class, normally she would go to a fighter. And, you know, if, if she wanted to go to a fighter, she would do that. Instead, she wouldn't be allowed to, and, you know, the next best person would would go instead.
1: Uh, can you tell me about your book, Five Girls Revolt? It's the, you
0: know, the title... I think kind of says you know the general story, the story of the women <laughs> yeah. who kicked open the door to flying combat. But it's also this kind of continuous struggle that happened, starting back in World War II when women first came into the military. They were not going to be in there permanently. Uh, and but then after the war, 1948, they passed Congress passed a law to keep a small cadre of women around in case you know to build on in case they needed a um, you know to have more women in wartime again. Those women weren't allowed to combat. They were very limited what they could, what they could do. And really, over the next 25 years or so, there was a real struggle for more equality and to uh, you know to bring to allow women to serve in more career fields, to allow them to be promoted to higher ranks, to, to allowed be allowed to have kids. You know, when there <laughs> I mean, there were all kinds of of issues that that were just gradually taken care of over the next 25 years and. It, so it was not a, a linear, you know, progression at all. You know, there were times when people went, like the, people went forward for a while, and then they kind of went back. And so, but I wanted to write about that entire struggle, not just the women of the '70s of '80s. That's the focus of the book: is the women of the '70s and '80s who were the ones who finally got to go to pilot training and, and finally got to you know, really make the uh, make the final push to open the door. But those women who served before them laid the groundwork for that. So I wanted to make sure that I told that whole story and not just the final, you know, 20 years or so.
1: Well, I found that fascinating where, you know, sometimes you don't realize the baby steps to create this moment. And, you know, your book uh, shares that.
0: Right, right. That was, I thought it was really critical to get all those stories in.
1: So how important is it to you know understand the history to shape the future
0: as somebody i heard somebody say when we when we hear history from different perspectives we get different stories and if you look at a lot of the histories of uh, of the military especially from world war 2 up through the uh, through the middle of the 70s say Women are almost non-existent. <laughs> There's the people, and, and and it's sort of like finding the hidden histories of the women who worked for NASA. You know, the African American women uh, in Hidden Figures. It's a similar kind of thing. They're there. You know, they got some credit, but at the same time, most people don't know about them. And most people don't know about this story and realize how much women have contributed to history, not just in the military, but across the board. And we have a lot of career fields even today where women don't participate as much as they could. And aviation is one of those, not just in the military, but in the civilian side of the house as well. So I think understanding that women have been fighting this battle for many, many years is is very important as we try to get more women into aviation in the future because there's a shortage of uh, aviation professionals in this country, especially pilots right now. And when you're sort of ignoring half of your workforce, if you will, <laughs> you know, as potential candidates, that that limits the number of people that you can bring in. So I think just understanding that that history of of how women you know, got themselves into this career field in the first place and opened those doors is important. Um, at first, it's important to understand, but it's also inspiring, I think, to young women who might want to be thinking about aviation as a career field and realizing that you can do this. It, you, you, you absolutely can do this. And not only that, we need you.
1: With the book, how is the process creating it with the research and uh, talking to people?
0: So some of it was, I already had a general outline of what happened because I lived part of this. I came in in 1980, obviously. I was a flight test engineer, so I was flying in the back seat and back end of aircraft, uh, uh, even fighter aircraft at that time because they were test airplanes. So I had a, a perspective on what had gone on. I had watched this evolution from the time I came in through 1993 when the doors to combat finally open, and the doors to combat aircraft finally open. And I had studied some of the history. Uh, I read a book about that Jean Holm, who is one of the main characters in my book. um, She had written a history of women in the military, and I had read that when I was a captain. So I had a kind of a basic outline and understanding of what had happened. And then, of course, I knew women who were involved in the, you know, the final push to kick the door open to combat. And so I was able to get a hold of them. I went to an organization called the Women Military Aviators, and they were able to put me in touch with other people who had been part of the, the history of opening the doors. A lot of uh, newspaper articles, a lot of digging into archives, visiting various uh, places that have archives related to Air Force history and history of women in the military, and and the story just you know, gradually started coming together. Like I said, I kind of had that general outline just because yeah. of my own knowledge, but it really did take digging into the archives. I mean, for one thing, there were things I'd forgotten. There were things I didn't understand at the time. You, know, you view something as a captain, you think you're seeing one thing, and then you find out later, digging into the archives, well, you didn't really have that right picture, you know, because you're kind of down in the weeds looking up, <laughs> you know, and when you have a chance to step back and look at something. Uh, you have a little bit different perspective on it.
1: So when I was researching you, I saw about uh, one of your other books uh, about your uh, father uh, and his careers, but what are some of the things you've learned from him?
0: I would say probably the biggest thing was the the need for persistence. You just stay at something that you're doing He, uh, you know, his story that I wrote about. He designed an airplane when he was in college to to set a world record, and it took him 50 years, but he finally built the airplane and set the world record when he was 82 years old. So it's uh, it's all about not giving up on your dreams. I spent 30 years in the military. I one of my dreams was always to write a book, and I always kind of thought it would probably be a technical book because I was a technical person. But after I retired and I started doing a little bit of writing on the side and and I realized that you know with some classes and things like that I realized that maybe I did have a book in me after all that wasn't just a technical book and and that so his story kind of inspired me to write that book that first book in you know in the first place and everything kind of went from there so never give up on your dreams.
1: (laughs) So what motivates you?
0: I have a strong Curiosity for lots of things. I guess I I guess that would be the best way to put it. Is I'm curious. I when I see something new uh, that I'm interested in, I immediately go out and find out everything I can about it. I, I Google about it. I buy books about it. I read magazine articles about various topics i'm i'm very interested in history which is kind of ironic because when i was in high school i actually didn't really like history <laughs> i think that was because of the way it was taught though it was mostly these dry facts you know memorizing things that, that i didn't really find very interesting but i find that when you put history in perspective and when you talk about the people and and bring the the people into it and why they made decisions and and you treat history as people because that's really what it is yeah it's history of people <laughs> yeah. and so um so when you treat history in that way and you bring it to life through the eyes of various people that to me is is the kind of history that that i like to read about and that i like to write about and i also am very passionate about writing veteran stories because there are so many stories out there that have not been told every time i do an article or do some research on something I find so many fascinating stories about there that have not been captured, and not just necessarily an individual story, but stories of various groups out there that have been overshadowed or overlooked.
1: Yeah, with that and with the book, what do you want people to take away from it?
0: The main thing is just an appreciation for this story and for what this group of women went through, primarily the women of the 70s and 80s. There's been a lot written about the women from World War II, the group called the WASP, the Women Air Force Service Pilots. A lot of younger women have published memoirs about flying in combat, but there's not a lot out there about the women of my generation from the 70s and 80s and that, and what they went through and the, you know they were the ones who made that final push to open the door. And I just feel like their legacy needs to be captured the way the legacy of these other groups of women have been